I wonder if we've missed miracle moments because God showed up in a package we didn't really understand or appreciate. Oh, no, that, 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 that couldn't be God. Oh, no, 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 that couldn't be God. You're praying for that job and it comes up and there's this particular offer and you go, oh, you, you're kidding me, that, that, that can't be God. I'd never do that. Not realizing that once through that doorway. I'm so glad I was up in Bible College in Katoomba. I left uh, my job in 1994. I was on $136,000 a year in 1994. My quarterly bonuses every 12 weeks were $16,000. Company car, everything. And gave it all up. Went to Bible college. Sitting up at Bible college, wife, two kids. Said, I better go to work. The only job that came up, I said, Lord, I want a job. I want a job. I need a job. I want to start providing for my family while I study. Domino's Pizza. $4.95 if you deliver. Outside five kilometers, you got $7. I started driving the car after college up through the Blue Mountains, Katoomba. The mist was coming down. Other students said, oh, we're not going to do that for $4.95. Rejected it. I said, well, it's an opportunity. God opened a door, so I'm going through it. Might not be the package I see, but God, I'm going to go through. So I got in and started delivering pizzas until 10, 11 o'clock at night. I got home and I brought up, always brought a pizza home for the family and kept it there. And then I started study, study till 3 a.m. Then I got up at 7 o'clock, went to college again, did it again. While I was in little Katoomba delivering pizzas, I stumbled onto a person who was in Sydney and found out that they work at a photocopier place and that led to a conversation. When we shifted our college to Sydney, I contacted this uh, copier place, photocopier, and I started being a collections manager, going after college after lunch and ringing up companies. And it, it was uh, frustrating, but it was another door and I went through it. I remember sitting there after one afternoon thinking, oh boy, I'd like to be like other college students. They're playing football this afternoon. They're swimming and they're doing all these things. And I'm studying up till midday, working till six o'clock, getting home, having dinner and studying till 2 a.m. in the morning. While I was there and ringing up, hey, you forgot your photocopier payment. Hey, you forgot your photocopier payment. After three months, I looked at the list again. It's the same people. I thought, boy, they need a good credit manager. One was a company called Skillshare. His name was Ed, Ed Green. I still remember. And I rang up Ed and I said, Ed, it's your famous copier company again, OCE. You have lost your payment again. He said, oh, Mark, have I? I said, yeah, could you pay it? I said, Ed, you need a good credit manager controller there. He said, do you know one? And I went, yeah. He said, who? I said, me. He said, are you serious? I said, I am. So we made an appointment. I went into Auburn, Auburn Road, Auburn. Skillshare, government office. And when I went in and sat down, the Lord said, whatever he offers you, double. So I sat in. 
He said, Mark, would you do that? Would you be our accountant? Would you look after our figures? I, and I said, I can do that. I can do spreadsheets. I'll look after all that. He said, oh, Mark, you are a godsend. I, and I said, you don't know half the half of it. After we did all that, he said, oh, we haven't worked out a wage. How much an hour? This is 1994, five. He said, I can pay you about, I can't remember that, $25. I said, no, 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 that's not enough. I'm sitting there thinking, Mark, what are you saying? Shut up, shut up, just take it. So I said, $50. He said, done. I said, oh, I could have gone for 70. <laughs> and I said, now about work hours. He said, Mark, you work whatever hours you want to work. I know you're a student, you're studying at Bible college. If you want to do four hours today, you can. If you want to do five hours on Monday, I could work whenever I want to do as many hours as I wanted. I was living on easy street, baby. And God was paying the way through Skillshare. But that door I could have missed if I didn't go to Domino's Pizza in Katoomba and wasn't prepared just to do that goodness of God the series that I'm doing and you really really need to hear my heart on this God is trying to get our attention to say hey these simple words I miss you I miss you I miss our times together I miss our courtship I miss our fellowship and I want to do so much for you. I want to do so many things for you. But I, I'm not the problem. The doorway that I want and need to walk through is the doorway of honour. If you will honour me, if you will honour me with your time and give me time in the morning in the Word, I'll speak to you. I'll give you that Word. I'll give you that answer to that problem. If you will open the door and honour me in prayer, I'll speak to you. I'll touch you. I'll heal you. If you will honour me through the Word, Peter, my series today is on the Word. He said, if you will honour me in the Word, oh, will I speak to you and give you faith for those challenges you're fighting. But he said, it all comes back to honour honor and this is the heartbeat of God and I'm really doing my best and I'm getting before God and cutting hours in prayer just saying God you've got to help me and uh, I said to um, Michelle God doesn't want these messages just to land on your head he wants them to touch your heart they need to touch your heart so can we pray today <clears throat> Peter I loved it when you stood today to honor the word I sense every little, every little movement and moment like that, God's heart is being incredibly touched in a precious way. So could we pray? Holy Spirit, I need you more than anything right now. I need you to land on this, this man and cause the fire, the fire to burn. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you take my words and, and illuminate them with incredible light that everyone can see. I pray that you would take this message and, and deposit it rich into the hearts of the listeners. 
that Father, the seed will not get lost in the day-to-day activities, but it will touch and bear fruit. Lord, I want to be a pastor that when we know we come here, this house honours you. We don't honour programs. We don't honour personalities. We don't honour trophies or rewards. We honour you. And may our lifestyle, may our language, may our steps and everything we do today bring you glory and honour. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you, Izzy. I wanted to land on the word honour and... uh, I want to keep it a little bit short today because of uh, school holidays and all of that. But when I went through and what I do is I, I write out my word first and do the outline, then I go back and do the outline, then I pray, then I come back and fill in what the Holy Spirit's giving me. It's packaged out so it'll be a two-part. <clears throat> today is going to be part one of the word. And... It really deals with us looking again at familiarity because it's what stopped the power of Jesus flowing into that community. And I I want this house to be such a place that when you come in on a Sunday and just move in here, the first thing you do is before you see the presence, you see his presence. You feel it. I want him to be honoured in everything we do. We honour him around the word. I'll be speaking about the word next Sunday. And then we're going to do the series on honouring through communion, honouring through worship, all the honour series. And uh, it's going to be a great series as we dig into it. And I pray that you not only listen to it, but you lean into it. The word will only have power, James says this, if you act on it. And so I pray that too. So if you're not used to taking notes, can I uh, respectfully encourage you either get your phone or a little notebook and, 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 and what do what I do. Whatever speaks to me, I collect. Whatever speaks to me, I collect. And then I go over that during the week because I want to put that seed into my spirit. Our scripture references uh, Mark's gospel. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? What's the wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Question. Genesis. Did he really say you couldn't eat isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James Joseph Judas and Simon aren't his sisters here with us and with that they saw what he was they saw who he was and they saw what he was saying And they brought it up against their picture and became offended. Familiarity and offense go together. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. 
He was amazed at their lack of faith to take him at his word. To dishonor. The definition of familiarity is the state of having knowledge about something. We know something about God. We know something about church. We know something about fellowship. It's the state of being familiar to the place of losing, look at this, losing your sense of awe. Is God still awesome in your life? Is his word still awesome in your life? Is reading God's word still awesome in your life? Holding awe, holding an awe about it. When we become too familiar, we lose the sense of awe and admiration and respect for something or someone. I remember a guy getting his new car. It was amazing. This incredible big new car, he brought it over to me to show me. And when I came up to it, he was very careful. Just get within one meter. Don't, what are you going to do to it? I said, I'm just coming up to look at it. Okay, don't get too close. And I said, don't open the door. I'll open the door. And he opened the door. I'm embellishing this a little bit anyway. And so, uh, and so he said, just careful as you sit in and all that sort of stuff. He was in awe of this car. It was amazing on the back. It was just incredible. And then when I got around the back seat, he's got these towels. And so he's got these towels on the back. I'm looking at the guy. Don't worry about that. We're having fun today. And so I said, what's the towels for? Oh, well, I've got to go and pick up the grandchildren. Yeah, well, so what's the towels for? He said, well, we got, they're going down to the beach. I said, yeah, what's the towels for? Well, I don't want those little rug rats coming in here with sand, putting sand all over my nice new carpet and car, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, now I, that makes sense. Yeah. That car was amazing held in admiration, great awe. Now I hop in it, it's a workplace. There's briefcase, papers. Oh, can I sit here, Pete? You can sit wherever you like. That's it, that's it. <laughs> but there was a time. There was a time when that car was held in awe and I'm the same with my new one at the moment. Michelle can't go near it. No, she can. Or that new job. You go and get that new job. There's a sense of awe, it's a new place. I'll be there 15 minutes before anyone else. I make sure I'm on time. I want to go to the staff meeting. I'm the first one taking notes, asking questions, having conversations. This job is amazing. And then after six months, sorry, boss, I'll be late today. About five minutes, all right. Can't make it to the staff meeting, but when I do get there, I'm looking out the window. It's lost its awe, its awesomeness. We've just become too familiar now, familiarity, tell the person to your right and left, happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. But it's a dangerous place to be. It can happen in your marriage. That woman that you were, that woman that you took out and dated, money was no option. Can we go here for a meal? We can go anywhere you like. I'll even max out the credit card. Today, can I buy that $2 item? Don't you dare. What are you doing that for? Don't you know we're saving up for a Harley Davidson little kit for my bike? I lost the awesomeness. 
became familiar. Can happen in a marriage, can happen anywhere. But the scary thing is that it can happen in our relationship with God. And this is where I want to really lean into. Because as your pastor, my heart's passion is really this. I know, I know, I know God's speaking to me. I know, I know, I know he wants to do something here. I know, I know, I know if we will just play our part and start to give him honor in a fresh way. It's not saying we dishonor him now, but increasing that he can come in just greater power. It's just something about those sense God's doing it. Have I become too familiar? Well, Mark, you've got to understand as a pastor too, when we prepare a sermon, it's for me. It's for me first. Mark, can you remember the day you got saved? Number one, your sins and your past were washed away. What a day that was. I was an alcoholic, as you know. I got saved, went to a meeting and just rocked up to this church meeting because I was told that my mother was involved in a cult. I rocked up to church. They were waving little tambourines and jumping around. And then someone told me in this cult, Mark, they stand up together and they all just rock back and forth and they talk in this funny language. Well, I didn't realize it was a Pentecostal church. And they were all standing there and they're singing and jiving. And all of a sudden they began to speak in tongues. And so I, being a copper, I'm taking notes. Yeah they're swaying forward and back crazy I've locked them up for less than that and now they're speaking in this foreign language is that Hebrew is it Aramaic I think half of them are drunk here so I took a note of that and I saw them waving the tambourines and I said that is a little bit out there I don't know what that is it might be some form of Christian aerobics or something I don't know but I went there then when the music started Mm, it's not bad. Oh, Mark, you're moving a bit. And then uh, the preaching started. I thought, man, this, this guy's talking to me. Something happened. Well, I got powerfully saved in one weekend, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and met my future bride. What a package deal, all for $44 for a youth camp. That was a good deal. Get your wife, get your tongues, and get saved. What a deal. After I got saved, I couldn't shut up. I had to tell everyone about it. I had to tell my relatives. I had to tell my workmates. I got my guitar and started singing songs. What were the songs about? Whether it's the Rolling Stones? No, no, no. It was about the stone that rolled away. And he touched me in a, such a way that I was delivered. We used to sit around together, the mates and I, we'd write songs about the blood of Jesus and what Jesus was doing. Thursday nights were out on the streets. We couldn't help but talk about Jesus. We're out there street witnessing and telling people about how he is and who we is and what he can do something had touched my heart we were driven by this passion and there was something but then something happened as one old evangelist says I discovered I leak and we I remember going to the meetings after I got saved I walked into church Sunday and I was like walking into the holy tabernacle and then the music would start, the presence of God. It was awesome. And after six months, walk in, just a building with a few seats and a few chairs. Yeah. Can that happen? I think it can. I remember his word. 
having such a love for his word as Peter was sharing today. The first time I received my Bible, began a discipleship study as a new Christian. I couldn't get over reading the verses because I used to put my name in there. Whenever I got a promise, I would write it in. John 3.16, for God so loved Mark so much that he gave Mark his only son that whoever believes in him would not be lost, but Mark would have eternal life. And I wrote in my Bible, I wrote in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if Mark belongs in Christ, Mark is a new creature the old things have gone and when I began to think about that I used to stand up and go no more grog no more alcohol no more stupid dumb decisions no more losing my car every week no more this no more that no more bringing shame on my mum and my name no more I've been set free how did that come through the word of God I used to love the word of God God's word spoke to me so powerfully. I would write in it. I would underline it. His word not only spoke to me, but it challenged me, it encouraged me. Oh, his love letters to me, I'd read them. I devoured his word. It was so good. And then he spoke to me about certain important things. I'm sitting in Perth. I've just been doing four, four or five days meetings with a, a wonderful pastor from Sri Lanka. You'll need to pray for Sri Lanka. And after three days with this amazing old man of God. Can we just turn that down a bit? It's just ringing a bit, thanks. And I'm sitting out by the pool, opened up the word of God and God spoke to me out of Exodus chapter three. I've heard the cries of my people. I've seen the weight and the burden they're under. Would you come and rescue them? I began to sob and sob and sob. I said, God, what are you doing? He said, I want you to read that scripture again and write the word pastors. I've heard the cry of my pastors. I've seen the weight and the pain and the burden they're carrying. Would you go and rescue them? That movement called the gathering of the generals, which hit seven nations, touched over two and a half thousand pastors around the world, came out of the word, sitting in the word, every little part of my life, my detail, my series, my scripture came out of the word. And as I've got in my series coming up next week, but what we've done is we've now allocated and relegated our, our word to just being an app amongst many apps. It's now I just carry it on my phone. My, the, the word has got lost in the emails and the phone calls and the database and the this and the TikTok and all of that. And God says, would you break it out of all of that and just get back to having the word? just the word so when you pick it up there's nothing fighting for it it's just my bible and when I open it there's no slide little things going you've got mail there's nothing no 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 it's just the word you see we talk about the five love languages quality of time God is the completeness of that can you imagine sitting with your wife and you're talking? I better get careful because I'll put my own foot in here. <laughs> and you're chatting away. Hers is quality time. And all of a sudden you're looking. You're, oh, hang on. I've got mail. Da, 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 da. What signal am I sending? Am I honoring her? No. But it's the word. We have to get back to honoring the word. What about worship? I remember walking into worship services just after I got saved. And the presence of God, lifting hands, tears streaming down my face. 
as I was lost in his presence by the words I was singing. Do you remember this old one? Let's put it up on the screen. This song, sorry guys, you weren't even born. This is Darlene Check, way, way back in 1990. Turn it up, turn it up, crank it up. We used to listen loud when we got saved. And I want you, if you know this song, to sing it. Oh, this is great. Turn it up. Jesus! Oh! Jesus, lover of my soul. You're talking to me, Lord. Jesus. That's it, Jen. That's it, Jen. Well, I will never let you go. Yes, you have. From the mighty Set my feet upon the rock. Here we go. Now I know. Declare it. I love you. Oh. I need you. Yes, I need you. of my soul oh man do you remember that you remember that who heard that for the first time Matt all right I'm going to send Matt a copy today I love that because what we do as the musicians we could take that straight into four chord progression F D minor C we just would slide and we would worship for hours not hours but half an hour <clears throat> And it was just there we got lost in worship. Can we become familiar with worship? Oh, but the mark, but the mark, the songs are too long. Pastor, no, I hope I'm not putting on an accent here. Uh, okay. Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, I'm going to go. <laughs> I, always, I always go Asian when I do accent. I'm going to go American. What's American? Wow. Pastor Merck. That's it. Oh, I got it. I got it. Pastor Merck. Your songs are too loud, son. Your songs are too quiet. That's about me before I embarrass the rest of you. But can we become something that was favored and loved has now turned to frustration and labor. All because... We've just become too familiar. Can I let you in on a secret when it comes to worship? That's where you go. Yes, please, Pastor Mike. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 15. Read this together. <clears throat> Through him, read together. Let us at all times offer up to God what? A sacrifice. A sacrifice is something that cost you which is what's that sacrifice it's the fruit of your lips you're acknowledging with thanks and confessing and glorifying his name worship now this is really just tell the person beside you or behind you it was never about you 
Have you ever heard the statement, boy, I hope they get their act together today because uh, the worship really sucked last week. Well, it wasn't about you. It's where you come in here and you say, Lord, today, I don't feel like lifting my hands. I don't feel like lifting my voice. I don't feel like saying thank you. I've had a really tough week, but I'm going to lift up my voice anyway because you deserve it. I'm going to lift up my hands because you deserve it. I'm going to lift up my thanks because you deserve it. When I was an alcoholic, when I was out by the side of the road, you gave it for me. I can surely give you 20 minutes of my time. It's all about you. Number four, Mark, what else do you do? How's your winning souls for Jesus? Or oh, Mark, we'll just pass over that one. But can you remember when you got saved? You couldn't help but share about what has happened in your life. Oh, Lord, it was so good. Tell my workmates, family members, street witnessing. Acts 4.13 says, they called Peter and John back and warned them. They already got locked up for talking about Jesus, but as soon as they let them out, they go off talking again. But Peter and John spoke right back and said, Hey, whether you think it's right in God's eyes to listen to you, the law, rather than to God, you decide. But as for us, there's no question about it. We can't keep quiet <clears throat> about what we've seen and heard. That's a big lean-in. What have you seen lately in the word and what have you heard lately in his presence? You can only go and take to others what you're getting privately in your own time with him. Probably because we're not sharing much is because we're not hearing much or we're not seeing much. Ouch. Oh, Pastor Mark not preaching in meddling now. Number five, church community. Talking about can we become familiar with things of church? Yes, church community, Sunday church. Looking back, Mark, grade yourself. I couldn't wait to be with the church family on a Sunday. It was a special time. Other members of the church community were doing life, hanging out there. Our youth group, with young adults, we loved hanging out together on a Sunday. It was so good. After church, we'd go and do lunch together at the Caltech service station. It was so much fun. Can has become <clears throat> too familiar, lose its sense of awe, respect and value. Well, let's look at some stats today. Australia today identifying as a Christian. Over the last decade, Christianity in Australia has declined from over just 70% to now just 50% say that we're Christian. Church attendance. The percentage of Australians who say they regularly attend a church or other place of worship now is down from 28% five years ago to 17% today. They say, I'm a Christian, but I regularly go to church. Patterns of church attendance. This is a pattern. I remember Andrew Evans always talking about a pattern. He could tell you he, 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 he collated all this information oh, for 40, 50 years. One of the most disturbing trends we are seeing now, this is by the same writer, is a decreasing frequency of attendance to church. Two decades ago, a frequent church attender was considered or identified as a person in church service or activities once a week. That's it. <clears throat> Prior to the pandemic, going back to 2020, 
the twice a month church attendee was considered active by most church members and leaders. And not only that, if you ask someone, where do you fellowship and which is your church, they'd say that church. But they might go once a fortnight. They might go once every three weeks. But that did not detract in any way for them, that's my church. And that's the way they just see it. Now, a common refrain, here we go, but one of the trends emerging from the pandemic just recently, the now stats show, this is just Australia, it shifted to once a month. So if you're a regular attendee now, you attend once a month. A common refrain, the writer says here, among the once a monthers is, well, Sunday is the only day we have for family time. The writer questions, but what are they doing on a Saturday? And questioned, why is church not the best family time possible to come together as a family, as a community, come together? I love church. I love being here with my family. I love coming together. This is my family here now. But uh, it's something that this is just a reality. And I was talking to Sam Long about it because of the young people in their church. The average age there is about 23. He said, Pastor Mark, the number on our books and the number attend, 50% attend once every three weeks. Even in our age group. He said, if everyone rocked up on it, that were on our books, we wouldn't be able to fit them in. But he said, it's even in that age group, it's affecting. What's happened? There's a shift. There's a shift of the awesomeness, the majesty, the honor to do with reflection of church and the community has become too familiar. It no longer carries that incredible value or that understanding. And I'm praying as I preach the series over the coming weeks and talk about how do we give honor to coming to church on a Sunday, not making it legal and lawful, but making it love. You see the love aspects. I want this word to be grace all the way through and so that it touches your heart in a good, gracious way. So what's some of the overflowing effects? And this is as far as I got, sorry, so I won't even get into the word, word part. I was starting to dig deeper and said, Mark, can you even analyze deeper if you really are falling into familiarity? Well, number one, the overflowing effect of familiarity is this. Number one, it hinders and limits the full reception and receipt of the anointing. Jesus said, he who receives a prophet's reward, or he, he who receives a, the prophet is not honored. And it has to do with our posture. When I become familiar, the full receipt, the full reception of his anointing can't come through there because of my posture, my view. You can do it right now and even in this service right now. There can be the preaching of the word, the word going forth. Some people, it's touching your heart and you're thinking, wow, this is really moving in. Some people are sitting here thinking, I've got 28 minutes till I get my roast dunch. It really, because it's familiar. That's it. No, that, that way, just, I'm just talking amongst family here today. Because I really want this message to be such an enlightened message to your heart to go like I'm doing. I'm soul searching my heart as your pastor going, Mark, you've got to make some adjustments in your life. You have to do some things if you want to receive the full receipt of the anointing 
of what God wants to do in your life. You see, David, when David was growing up, he was the runt of the family, overlooked when Samuel the prophet came, anointed and sent back out to tend sheep, called in to assist the king, sent back out, killed Goliath, came on staff, got to leadership, led troops to victory, then taunted by a jealous king, hunted down, false accusations, murder contracts brought on him. But through it all, he kept his posture and honor with Jesus and honor with God. And that anointing kept there, that receipt of acknowledgement all came through there. The second thing is, if I let familiarity stay in my life, it can cause me to become critical and cynical. One of the key indicators that the wiring, the internal wirings of my life has become unhealthy is I've shifted my conversation and my eye gate from grace to judgment. Jesus never came to judge. He came to reveal. The Holy Spirit didn't come to condemn. The Holy Spirit came to convict. Big difference. And if I've become too familiar, one of the things and the little signs and signals to me is I start to become critical and I start to become cynical. It ilks in. There was a time when David and his kingship had lost the ark. The Philistines had stolen. And for 70 days they took the ark. And for 70 days he was without the presence, the power, the majesty. The the representation of God is with us. It tormented him. And all of a sudden the presence of God... (laughs) You know where you can read the story in 2 Samuel there. But there came the time they they found the ark and they're bringing the ark back. The great procession was happening and the thousands of people were going ahead and they were sacrificing the lambs and the beasts. It was an amazing place as they're bringing back the ark. We've got the ark of God back. We've got the presence of God. His power, His presence, His favor, it's always meant to be with us. And it's the same with you. The ark or the presence of God has always been meant to be with you. It's always been meant to live in you. It's always meant to be alive in you. The presence of God. And scripture tells us this, which is such a tragic scripture. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, which was his wife, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Can I be in a revival meeting and judge others' extreme enthusiasm and love for God? Oh, they're a bit over the top. I didn't think I'd ever see Peter King waving banners and flags. Oh, 
Look at Pastor Heather out the front kneeling on the floor. What is, that's embarrassing. Which, I'm not even looking over there. <laughs> of all the days, of all the days, to let your hair down and celebrate. It was this day, the bringing back of the ark. And David was leading as he should. And Michael looked out the window. And what was enjoyment and enthusiasm? She saw embarrassment. Something was not right in her heart. And Mark, have you been there? I have been there. I've been in meetings. I've been in state meetings and I've been in other meetings. I've not been in a good place. And I was cynical. I was critical. Or because I got saved to a posture of worship. I went to Bible college to fulfill the work and got lost in the work without keeping the balance of the worship. It became too familiar. David writes here, David returned home to bless his family. Michael, Saul's daughter, keyboard player please, came out to greet him. <clears throat> How wonderful the king has distinguished himself today, she said, sarcastically. Exposing himself to the eyes of the servant maids like some burlesque street dancer. David replied to Michael. This, this is sobering. He's not talking about being at a cabaret. He's not talking about being at a disco. He writes these words. In God's presence... I'll dance all I want. He chose me over your father and the rest of our family, made me prince over God's people, over Israel. Oh yes, I'll dance to God's glory more recklessly ever than this. And as far as I'm concerned, I'll gladly look like a fool for my Jesus you see she was concerned what the people would think David was concerned only what his God would think I'm not dancing for people I'm dancing for my God Mark, if you're not careful and you become too familiar, you become cynical and critical there. Number three, it can harden our hearts. Harden our hearts to the things of God. Harden our hearts towards his love for his church, his love for his people, love for the lost. It's no longer a priority. Spiritual blindness, number four. <clears throat> Unable to see Christ in moments and messages. 
Jesus writes, he replied, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Whenever someone has a what? Read it with me. Whenever someone has a ready heart. What's that mean? A place of honour. Whenever someone has a heart that honours what I'm saying. Jesus was saying, listen, I'm sharing with many people, but some of you won't get it because your heart is not ready. Your heart is not responsive. You haven't got a heart that honours what I'm saying. Wow. But if there is no readiness, no honour, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. Your ears are open, but you don't hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you don't see. It all has to do with our posture. We'll dig more into that with the Word. Number five, I'm just going quickly on these last ones. It has a friend called deception. Familiarity has a friend called deception. The trouble with this one is this. You don't know you're being deceived when you're deceived. A pastor who's got really burnt and got offended recently. I've been just praying for them and watching over them. I talked to Michelle and care for them. He put a post out recently and he put it out proudly. I lead a church with a core vision to help everyone who comes to tell them you don't need to go to church anymore. His last post was this. I lead a church with a core vision to help everyone know you don't have to read your Bible. The guy's lost, lost the plot, completely lost the plot, completely deceived. I know what his heart's trying to say, but in his broken stage, in his burnt circumstance, because he got burnt really bad, completely deceived over the other way. And that's what can happen to us. I don't have to go to this and I have to do that. We get deceived. Worship leaders all across the world now, some of our great significant worship leaders walked away from the faith. Some of our great writers have walked away from the faith. Some pastors have walked away from the faith. Why? Because they didn't realize they were in a dangerous place like the frog in the water and the warmth. They were in that place called familiarity. They didn't see the reading signs that it took them to a place of being cynical and critical. Didn't see that it took them to a place of being deceived. It didn't see the stages of all of this. And they didn't recognize it and say, hey, I really am in trouble. This is the big one. And if we're not careful, it'll keep us in a place of stagnation. What does stagnation mean? It means there's no movement, no motion, still. It has ceased to move. It's interesting, scientists wrote this. Doing my research on stagnation is this. Stagnant water means motionless water, not flowing in a stream or current. Also known as standing water. Water shall be deemed to be stagnant. Listen to this. If the structure, excavation, ruts or depressions are capable of holding standing water for more than four consecutive days. If something has come in around my life and stopped the flowing, the movement, it causes stagnation. What stopped your movements towards just after four days? What stopped your movement towards 
sitting down and opening the Word? What stopped your movement towards spending time in prayer? What stopped your movement towards just having a time of worship? What stopped your movement from attending church community? What stopped your movement? Whatever stops your movement and you stay there, we have the danger of becoming stagnant. Wow. As I said, this is a word to me. And it's a grace word. It's God's heart to me and to you. As I share with you and draw illumination going, wow, maybe, maybe I'm there. Maybe I'm on one of those things. And if it is, I want you to respond and say, God, would you allow movement to come back into my place? movement to come back. What's, what's the cure for that? It comes in Jesus' prayer, Luke 11. This is the, the Father which I never Daily, daily, daily. What stops things building up and bringing up and for me is I do things daily. Daily I attend to His Word. Daily I attend in worship. Daily I attend in prayer. Keeping short accounts. And the last one is it will rob you of God's blessing. Jesus could not transfer what was His heart wanted to transfer. The cure for familiarity, and I'm going to take this up, is repentance, followed by a renewal of honor, followed by a rebuilding of structure. We're going to rebuild back honor. Holy Spirit, what we're going to do now is if you can put your pens and pads down, and I'm going to pray a prayer, a prayer of repentance. Repentance to me is one of the most grace-abounding words. It's not a, not a bad word. You enjoy this? God speaking to you? I really do feel God is hovering. And He said, Mark, keep plowing, keep revealing, keep sharing. Allow the grace of God to touch people. Let them draw back that posture to come back to me, to honor me and through the word, through the worship. Show them some of the signs and the indicators. Allow them to, in their own time at home, work with their husband and wife, walk it through as each house begins to bring back honor. This house, in turn, will do something powerful. Get that song ready, Jesus, lover of my soul. Read to play in a minute. I invite you to join with me in prayer now. Holy Spirit, you keep playing, Izzy. Holy Spirit. Father, I've done my best to bring your word. I ask and pray, Father, that you would cover it with grace. I, I wanted to share this word with grace. Never, ever, ever do I as a shepherd ever want to beat people. I want to build people. And I pray that this word shared with them will lovingly and richly deposit in their hearts. I pray, Father God, that uh, you would help us. And Lord, today I come to you as the pastor of this church and I repent. I publicly repent before our church family, Lord, for my weariness of soul, my becoming familiar with you, coming, becoming familiar with your word, your ways. Lord, I'm sorry. I repent and I publicly do that before our church family today and you, Lord. I'm so sorry. 
And I would ask, Holy Spirit, that you would help me. Help me as a shepherd. Help me as your servant. Help me come back to this place to give you honor in all of the areas we're talking about. Help me lead this precious life family who I love dearly into a new place of fresh honor, fresh awesomeness, fresh majesty, majestic with you. That Lord, they in turn shall start to walk in a new season of love and joy and peace and goodness and grace and mercy, receiving all the benefits of the fullness of your spirit. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Put the song on, guys, as we close. I want this to be your love song. I want this now to be your time of worship. As you sing this to Him, we love you, church. God bless you. From the beginning, thank you. Can we stand? This is your time to worship. Jesus, lover of my soul. Jesus, I will never let you go. You've taken me from the mile of You love him. I need you. Oh, I need you. No, my world may fall. I'll never let you lose. I will never. My Savior. My Savior. My closest friend. I will worship you until the very end. Jesus. Lover of my soul. He's a lover of my soul. Jesus. I 
and all the people see it. Amen. God bless your life, family. Have a fantastic day today. Love you.